news now. And we're live. It is us. It's a smaller group tonight for Nerd News Now, but we'll still talk about the Just nerd. the two of us. <laughs> I don't know any more lyrics to that song. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. I'm supposed to be the song guy. And I don't know any more words to that song. I know something in music more than you. That This is a weird anomaly of a day. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also a weird anomaly because neither of us were, like, on the internet all day. Mm-mm. Which is, like, a thing that never happens. Nor nor this weekend. <laughs> oh, I was on the internet a lot this weekend. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, you were doing a thing. Yeah. I spent a not insignificant amount of time this weekend uh, researching who was the first Asian female comic creator. Ooh, what did you find out? Uh, there were a couple of women who worked in like the mid forties who were doing, uh, like comic strips that were published in, uh, newspapers, but they were at the time interred during the whole Japanese internment debacle. Yes. Um, then there was uh, a woman in the really early really early golden age uh, who did some strips. And then when you get into the modern age, it's actually Joyce Chin. Oh, wonderful. Um, At at least as pencilers. Uh, Janice Chang has been around longer, but she's primarily been a letterer. Mm -hmm. So at least in terms of doing pencils, it's Joyce Chin. Well, congratulations to her. She can be like throughout history and forever. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there's so much that are first in our in our industry that are they are only within a generation of us. Right. I mean, I just got the phone with somebody and we were talking about how comics still has a long way to go and a lot of stuff. I mean, think about it in both of our lifetimes, the first gay superhero happened. Yep. Um. You know, the first all-black creative teams and, you know, imprints of pub- publishers have happened. You know, I mean, though both of those things have happened since I've been alive. And I'm younger than Miss Jen. Yep. Uh, you know, it's... Comics, you know, for all of the diversity and inclusiveness and everything that was intended to be in comics, especially like the X-Men we still have a really long way to go. Yeah, but we're, I think we're aware and are doing the right thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like anyone's burying their head in the sand right now. Right. I, uh, oh, that's pretty. I'm not spending that much money. I, uh, targeted ads are the worst. I'm just gonna throw that out there, guys. I just got distracted by an ad for a uh, very cool-looking Batman watch. And I had to click on it. Because I gotta know. Sucker! <laughs> it's almost $700. No, no, no. They, they thought I have were... an Apple Watch that cost half that and does way more. All this one does is tell time and look Batman-y. <laughs> I'm a sucker. As as uh, as the movie uh, uh, would say, 
I'm your Huckleberry. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So um, there was some news, and ironically, there's one thing that is crossing over all the news. And that is officially the list is out for what's joining HBO Max this month. Is there anything that we didn't know about? All eight Harry Potter's movies? The director's cut of Doctor Sleep, all six or six of the Pink Panther films, Shazam is coming back, um, which it was off for like a month. Um, yeah, no, those are those are really the big ones, I suppose. Um. Unless you're like me into really weird, obscure movies like 1989's Black Rain. Um, you know. I don't know that one. Who's in that one? Huh? Who's in that one? I don't uh, know. That. that one is... Uh, I knew you were going to ask me and my brain, went, my brain went blank. Um... I'm glad you have technology. That is, uh, 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 it's a Ridley Scott, Michael Douglas, Andy Garcia. Um, oh, Ken uh, Takakura, Kate Capshaw plays Joyce, uh, plays a love interest. John Spencer, who's one of my favorite actors to ever live on this planet. Was in it. Um, Luis Guzman. Love him. Steven Root. That's a lot of good people. Um, yeah. No, it's a great movie, but it's like one of those. Uh, it's two New York City cops arrest a Yakuza member and must escort him when he's extradited to Japan. So did you ever see the movie SWAT? With Sam Jackson and... Um, well, really, SWAT. Uh, there were two. There were a couple versions of it, um, but the twenty, the two thousand three movie. It's Colin Farrell, Michelle Rodriguez, Jeremy Renner, Sam Jackson, LL Cool J. I'm sure it must have. Uh, Josh Charles. Um, it's basically a bunch of cops or ex or uh, you know, take transporting a, a bad guy, and then you know the bad guy's buddies come and try and like break him out. Of course. You know, it's a pretty, it's a trope, but it's a good movie. And it's really Scott. So it's like next level explosions. Um, you know, but if you're not into that kind of thing, like the Harry Potter thing's a pretty big deal, I guess. Yeah. Um, 1988's Eight Men Out coming to HBO. Uh, it's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Which I don't care about because I own. Um, I don't know. By the I... way, last week was Towel Day. It was Towel we'll celebrated? I don't know what Towel Day is. I've heard I heard you say it, and I heard other people say, it, but I don't even know what Towel Day is. So you've seen Hitchhiker's Guide, or you've read Hitchhiker's Guide, right? I watched the old school BBC Hitchhikers. So in the book, you have to take your towel with you. You never leave home without your towel. Maybe you need to reread slash rewatch the movie. Uh, maybe because the the so the BBC individual shows the old school like really derpy like bad like 
character whatevers. I don't remember towels. Never leave home without your towel, Jen. Never leave without your towel. Is that from... From Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, from which character? What is it? Who's... Uh, who? So the whole premise of the whole premise is uh, Mo's Def's character, and I for the life of me can't remember his name. Ford. Um, I think, Ford. Hmm? I think that's right. Yeah, Mo's. He says it uh, at the very beginning, very beginning of the movie, and it's just a thing throughout. Then, by the way, my favorite character in Hitchhiker's Guide is Zaphod Beeblebrox. Isn't oh. that every- Huh? Isn't that everybody's? No, I know a lot of people who identify with the robots. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, May 25th is the day that is uh, designated as uh, Towel Day, uh, and it says tribute to Douglas Adams. Um, on this day, fans openly carry the towel. Um, it was originally held uh, 2001, two weeks after uh, Douglas Adams' death. Okay. 14 days after his death. Well, now I'll know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the modern movie. Oh, you'll love the modern movie. It's uh, it's uh, Mos Def, uh, Zoe Deschanel, um, Martin Freeman, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, oh, I'm gonna forget his name. He's in everything. Sam? Come on. Um, Sam? <laughs> he was in uh, Two Billboards Outside Ealing, Ealing Missouri. Um, oh, we're not talking about him then. Okay. Sam Rockwell. I just said Sam like three times. <laughs> you were so focused. Warwick Davis is in it. Like, there's so many great people. Alan Rickman plays Marvin, uh, the robot. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Lennon plays Eddie. Mm-hmm. My friend Bill Bailey played the whale. I mean, it's great. Oh, John Malkovich is Hamakavula. <laughs> the 2005 movie is so good. Uh, but anyhow, so yeah, that was one of the big newses today. Uh, is that list. Um, Do you know what media we consumed this week? None. We did. We actually, so we did something. So we listened to a book on tape, which not really on tape, but you know what I mean. We downloaded yeah. Um, I had read it and my other son, Max, had read it, but no one else in the family knew that we'd read it, so... Mike downloaded it and we started listening to uh, Artemis, which is the follow-up to The Martian. Yeah. Nothing to do with The Martian at all. But uh, I knew it was good, or at least that the, the rest of the family was engaged when we would stop to get like, you know, have like a, a break on the drive. And we get back in the car and my youngest son would be like, hey, can we watch, can we, can we start watching that movie again? We're, like, <laughs> We're not watching anything listening to something but in his brain i guess he was really envisioning it so yeah got it finished when we made it back too so it was like the perfect amount of listening to things i can't 
how long is it going to be until they make that in a movie? Because it's so perfect for the move for a movie. I don't know. I love audiobooks, though. Um, mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of them. Like, I'll put them on here in the office and just work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm currently going back through Neil Gaiman's View from the Cheap Seats. Oh, nice. Uh, it's his selected nonfictions. Does he read them or someone else? Mm-hmm. No, it's read in that Neil Gaiman voice, which you got to be careful about because if you're a little sleepy, you just fall asleep. You have to start over. Doesn't work out well if you're trying to get stuff done. No. No. Um, so you got to know re- when. Mm-hmm. You got to know when was, to listen to it. This was read by Rosario Dawson. It was really well done by her. She's, she can do accents so well. Because, I mean, like, her, she's, the main character is uh, Muslim, so her dad still has very much that, you know, first-generation American kind of, like, Muslim-sounding voice. And then there's people from, Af- her best friend in the book is from Africa, from Kenya. And she does, she pulls those all off without, it. not, not missing yeah. a beat. Really I think good. she's a great, a great actress. Do you know, is she still with Cory Booker? Did they break up? I don't know. That's Congressman? Because, you know, when he was running for president, I'm like, I could get behind the girl from Clerks 2 being first lady. (laughs) Why not? That'd be good. You know, but she's a great actor. And then it's like, oh, by the way, you know, she's also Night Nurse and Daredevil and all those shows. And, oh, she's freaking Sabine or uh, is it Sabine? No, she's not Sabine. In Star Wars and Mandalorian. She's uh, Ahsoka, Dono. Okay, yep. I loved her in Sin City so much. Mm-hmm. So, you know what media I did consume this weekend that wasn't work? Nick and I started having a conversation on Friday. No. Yeah, Friday. About the movie Tombstone. Oh, I could have gotten in on that for like, talked to at least 10 hours. Tombstone <laughs> is not on any streaming service. What? You have to it- buy it from oh. Amazon. Right. It's really frustrating. Well, I've got two copies. So I of couldn't it. watch it. Hmm? I've got two copies of it on a disc because I, if I loan it out, I want to have a copy at home. I can't be that far away from a copy of Tombstone. <laughs> so, but I couldn't watch it because I wasn't going to pay $17 to Amazon. Yeah, that makes sense. To buy the digital copy. Mm-hmm. And I also am not going to pay $4 to rent it when I can buy a physical copy of the DVD for $7. Right. So I got to wait for it to get here. But the Sundance Network was having a spaghetti western marathon. Which ones did you watch? The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. <laughs> uh, one more dollar. Yep. Um. Oh man, and there's a bunch I didn't know, but I came into them in the middle. I just finished them. But, like, basically any time Clint Eastwood went to Italy, they were showing it. You know, any time Clint Eastwood worked with Sergio Leone, you know, like, they were showing it. It was a great way to spend a weekend. I bet so. (laughs) In fact, for Jesse's show today, 
I'm trying to think of what do I write as the, the description for Jesse's show? And so the description for Jesse's show is, you ever see the end of the good, the bad, and the ugly? <laughs> this is that, but with comic books. That's good. I couldn't come up with anything, so that was what I did. But, you know, I uh, I watched that, and then uh, the Friends reunion. I wasn't that interested. It was on, so I watched it. I mean, um, I liked it. I just wasn't that interested enough to try to figure out how to watch it. Meh. There were some great moments, like they did. Um, they had some cameos from like the guy who played Mister Heckles, <laughs> and Tom Lennon showed up. This is two two Tom Lennon mentions today in one show. Yes, figure that one out the internet. Um, you know, because he was Joey's hand twin. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had some of those. Um, the Geller parents showed up. Elliot Gould and I can't think of her name. They showed up. Gunther was there. But, like, overall, so they, didn't really break any new ground. Did they just sit around and talk? Or what were they What were they doing? They There was, well, it was interspersed with them on the set, interacting with the set, mm-hmm. which was reconstructed for the show. And them, like, sitting on panel with James Corden, asking them questions. Okay. Um... Interspersed with some pre-recorded stuff from David Bright, Marta Kaufman, and I'm not going to be able to think of Miller's last name, first name, but the original producers. Mm -hmm. Really, the only new ground they broke is that during the first couple seasons when Ross and Rachel were together, um, a lot of the uh, tension was real because... Jennifer Aniston and David, uh, not David, what's his name? Played Ross. Was it Schwimmer? Yeah, David Schwimmer, sorry. Actually had a thing for each other, but they were both in other relationships, so they didn't act on it. But then the characters were in a relationship, so they got to act on it. <laughs> like, that was the biggest, most groundbreaking piece of it. Did they not? Did they find out afterward? Did they ever tell each other? And oh, they knew. Like, and they go, and at one point Jennifer goes, "I can't believe you guys didn't know." And they're like, "No, we knew." <laughs> but like, you're grown people. What, 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 what did you want us to do? You know, which was interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, that was really it. You know, um, that and the fact that Matt LeBlanc looks like anybody's dad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, there, this has been 17 years since, since the show went off the air. Sure. He's put on some weight. He's, you know, gone gray, you know, tucks his shirt into his pants, wears New Balance tennis shoes. <laughs> like, he is just that dad at that soccer game, you know? Which is good because he's, he was on that show, Man with the Plan, where he played a dad at a soccer game. So maybe he's just super method. I don't know. But, like, that was really it, you know? In terms of breaking new ground. 
Does Purper have anything to say about the Friends reunion? No, he's just happy I'm home. He's sitting as close to me as he can. Yeah. It's always hard on the animals when you go on vacation. Yeah, he. I mean, he's usually pretty chill, but he's so old now. I'm sure he's just mm-hmm. like, there's, I just, I think he gets stressed out because he has gotten to the point where he likes to have fresh water all the time. And mm-hmm. if, so, you know, it's been two days since he had someone to like fill up. For some reason, he likes to drink out of the bathtub to put water in the bathtub for him. And then, uh, you know, he, he needs to know where I am because I'm the person who's in charge of the food. Right. So he gets stressed. He had plenty of food, but if I'm not around, it's just stressful to know that that person's not here. <laughs> I had a friend who had a cat but traveled a lot for work. So he got one of those those cat fountains that like recirculates the water, mm-hmm. but that also could be wire or like hooked into his faucet. Um, oh. So, you know, he just hooked it up to his faucet, turned the faucet on while he was gone for work. And just as it needed refilled, it would just add fresh water. And then he got a machine that dispensed food. Uh, before he l- knew it, the cat no longer cared that he existed, but got really concerned if you moved the machine. <laughs> Which was, I thought was always very funny. Uh, and then he got a robot to handle the litter box. Mm-hmm. And the cat hated the thing. Did it freak him out too much? Oh, just this cat destroyed this thing. It was hysterical. I laughed pretty hard. Let's yeah. see. Um, other news that happened. Um, there was a new boys promotional image for boys season three. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. You know, that's somebody we got to get on. I got to, I got to. I got a job I got to do in my head. You got a job you got to do in your head? I want to interview Eric Kripke. That would be awesome. Well, because he's from here. Oh, well, then you should totally do that. Yeah. Like, I want to be like, so what about living in the greater Toledo area made you want to go and create things where kings kill each other? Yeah. <laughs> like, what What about this area made you create Supernatural? <laughs> like, you know, um, that's that's a good one. Um, they started filming Space Force season two for Netflix. Did you watch season one? Yes, I loved it. I thought it had a lot of heart. I thought it was great. I en- I enjoyed the heck out of it. I think the two things that shined most in it. Well, there were three. Lisa Kudrow. Uh huh. Was amazing in it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy O. Yang uh, was just perfect. And John Malkovich doing comedy is the thing that I needed most in my life. Because you could tell that John Malkovich doesn't find it funny. What's up, Al? Is your homework done? I'm procrastinating studying, but I did finish all my assignments, yes. <laughs> I'm just procrastinating studying for finals. <laughs> well. I can't believe you haven't had finals before Memorial Day. What kind of crazy school doesn't do before Memorial Day? 
Um, almost all of them, I guess. Oh, okay. What do I know? I, I'm assuming they just want you to relax a weekend before or something. I don't know. Yeah, when I was in high school, we used to have to go back. Like, this would be the week of finals. We weren't done until mid-June. Yeah. Which is... Well, I guess we're first week of June. Yeah. So what did I jump into? We were talking about Space Force. Because they've started filming Space Force Season 2. We just got done breaking down the Friends reunion. Do you have any strong thoughts on the Friends reunion? Yeah, it was disappointing. Uh, I was yeah, expecting... I said it was okay. It was there. Yep. I was expecting a little bit more, but you know that's that's just me. Uh, I'm right. I'm more of an old school reunions where they actually did a, a skit, um, and then you know they talked. But in this, I guess the new no, the whole new reunion thing is, hey, let's just sit here and talk and uh, talk. Well, you know, bringing it back, I just got this news alert. Um, Kevin Bright says they may re- remaster Friends in 4K. Do you need to relive the 90s in ultra high definition? Well, uh, why would you do it on that? I don't remember enough of the 90s to weigh in on this topic. <laughs> what are you trying to suggest? <laughs> um, that my memory is really bad and that the 90s were a weird time for me I was okay. pretty concerned with potty training and learning to ride a bike and yeah I'm, I'm not sure if they need a 4k version of the friends but you know it's, hey it is what it is right do you need to see the Rachel in 4k oh I think everybody wants to see the Rachel in 4k <laughs> Ugh. Oh man! <laughs> no, so they're uh, yeah they're filming the next season of Space Force. Um, we were talking about the best parts of Space Force, and how, in my opinion, it's that John Malkovich doesn't find any of it funny. I have never watched Space Force, so oh, it's you got to watch it. It's got a lot of heart. All right, that's going on my list. Like I said, uh, Lisa Kudrow is perfect in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what she really reminds me of? Um, the dad from Arrested Development. You know, kind of the way she plays it. She's so serious. It's, oh, crap, you're a felon. Okay. Spoilers. You know. Yep. So interesting. And then Jimmy O. Yang is hysterical. And then, yeah. John Malkovich never finds anything funny. <laughs> mm. Oh, we talked about this. Brainy, did you consume any media over the weekend? Um, yeah, I finished, I binged Lucifer, the latest uh, season of it. Uh, what else was there? Um, I guess the next season of a Kaminsky method i'm watching that now um but beyond that most of my weekend went to work and finishing up on tons of assignments that i was behind on i'm not going to get graded for it but i had to do it so i can get prepared for all my finals but man i was so far behind (laughs) hey kyle 
look up where John Krasinski was this weekend. Was he with you in Oklahoma? No. He was here while I was gone. So how was Oklahoma? Oh, I liked it. it so this is the funny thing. I'll tell you this story because it's. So we went out to a cabin in the woods out at Beaver's Bend uh, National Forest, which was seems like it would be like you're away from people and just like enjoy your family. Right. But the cabin that we ended up in was right next to another cabin, which had a very loud, very large family in it. And when they came home for the day, they were like, you could hear all their family business because they were yelling at each other the whole time. And then across the river, which was, so our cabin was on the top of a rise and it went down into the river. So all of the land between our cabin and the river was all no trespassing. So any fun that we thought we might have, you know, going down throwing rocks in the river, we couldn't do, couldn't hike around because all of the cabins around had, you know, no trespassing signs. So you got your little piece of land and that was it. Unless you wanted to go out into the the national forest and you had to drive to go to do that, which we did later. But at night, the other side of the river, there must have been like a really big um, like retreat center or something, or just the largest family ever at a cabin on the other side. Because as it got darker at night, it got louder. And then it sounded like you were in New York City. It was so loud between the two, between the people next to us and the people across from us. So that part was interesting. Not as foresty as you would think. I think because he wore a green sweater while he was in Houston, we can make a photo op with him happen for you. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Who wears uh, a green sweater? Can, can you put him in the cabin with Jen and, uh, you know... Come on, Jim from the office. <laughs> so does it say what he was doing here? Yeah, he was doing a premiere for... For the silent quiet place too. Quiet place, yeah. He was there and he was in Austin. Okay. Well, I'm sad I missed him. He was at the IMAX. Nice. So, um, yeah. I met somebody really cool this weekend that I'm you know, I want to talk about a bunch. But um trying to find a way to promote this person is going to prove challenging because I didn't actually get to speak to them. Now, how, um, did, how did you meet them but not speak to them? Amy Chu. Oh, okay. I got you. Um, I met a person called uh, Vishvajit Singh, who mm -hmm. is the Sikh Captain America. Yes. And he may have brought the whole house down on our AAPI weekend, like, he was maybe the panel to see. Um, Why? What did he do? A guy who, so, hmm? What did he do that was so crazy? No. Um, it was like uh, when we did Black History Month, and Joe Illich came on, and just every word he dropped was a truth bomb. Oh yeah. Okay. So this was this was, was that. It was all good hearing. I got gotcha. you. Right. He was. He was a create. He's. A, he's a creator who works basically in dispelling stereotype and myth. You know that we have in comics by you know dressing up as Captain America, with his turban and all of that. Um, but he didn't start reading comics until after 9/11. He did it as a response to 9/11, and 
And so his whole career has been comic activism. And it was just this amazing, enlightening panel about how comics really do have a long way to go. Um, and, you know, how it takes, you know, not voices from outside the community like his coming into the community to really push it forward. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting listening to him back to back with uh, Janice Chang, who, you know, was in labor organizing for a while instead of working after working in comics. And oh, wow. She left, she left comics and was like, working in auto plants, setting up unions and stuff. Like, I'm like, all right, like, I'm here. Like, I, I hear you. It was, it was a really interesting weekend, but everybody should go check out seektoons.com. Like T-O-O-N-S? Mm-hmm. But I met, I met him, and then I got to, re- I got to meet uh, DMC from Run DMC. I texted Brainy the picture. I'm going, there are, I have very few friends who will, like, fully empathize with me about DMC just showed up at my thing, man. <laughs> like, and I don't get to talk to him. Yeah, and he sends it to me uh, way too late. Yeah, I can no, you just responded slowly. I sent it to you first as it happened. Yeah. But he was only there about 10 minutes. Yeah, that's... Oh, well, I missed him. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm going to have to re-air it and be like... Daryl is here. They're doing another volume of Daryl Makes Comics. Are they really? Nice. Yeah. Yes! Amy's working on it. So is Joyce Chin. So is Janice Chang. Like, so Daryl just shows up and all of these people are on screen. It's just like, and Ming reaches over and there's the, 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 uh, uh, the Daryl McDaniel record that Tony Moore did the cover of. Ooh. Um, I ever told you guys the story about him coming and doing, uh, judging one of the pan, one of the cosplay contests I was in charge of. mm -mm. No, this is crazy. Okay. So this is space city con. I think it's the last one that happened. It was the same one that the uh, Sons of Anarchy guys were there. And they ended up jumping over the counters and taking all the money out of the registers. You guys know the story? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Look it up. Like the guys from the show or the real guys? The guys from the show. Does Ryan Hurst owe you money? I can send him a text message. No, 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 no. I, it, was a cra- it, was a, it was one of those things that just like. There's a lot of lore behind it, what happened. I think it was, I volunteered for that convention. My my store was one of the main sponsors of bringing in all of the comic book guests. And one of the things I also was in charge of was doing the, the costume contest. So on Saturday, Vivian, who's my really good friend who always comes and helps me like be the lead on those. We were expecting a bunch of, you know, like, volunteers to come help we go upstairs and start getting everyone prepped right at the beginning of the morning trying to make sure everyone has music and all those kinds of things people have signed their paperwork and all that we get up there and there's one guy in the hallway upstairs he says i am the only volunteer for the entire upstairs i've been running every single panel and making sure everything goes off it's like all the volunteers for the show didn't show up it was one of those shows that just like it was all planned out and all doing fine until the day of, and then never no one showed up to do the stuff they were supposed to do. So we show up to get set up in the main room, 
which is a huge room, great, gigantic, big screens, huge sound system. It looks really professional, just like San Diego Comic-Con. It's everything that I ever wanted. And I go up to the guy at the sound booth, and I'm like, okay, this is Biv. Biv's going to walk you through uh, which things go on at what time and what, you know, where the camera and all that stuff. He goes, oh, um, we didn't get paid for our video and sound setup, so we're going home. He said, we'll teach you real fast how to run it because we're not going to pack it up before we leave. We're going to pack, pack it up tomorrow. We'll teach you how to use the sound system and the lights and everything. And you, can, you guys can do it. We're like, okay. So here we are. We're two people running an entire cosplay contest. She's now going to run the sounds and lights. So there's one person running the costume contest. And it's me. I'm excited for Basilisk because I got to talk to Colin Bund about it today. That looks trippy cool. I love Chimera. Mm-hmm. They're some of my favorite mythological creatures because you can do literally anything you want with them. Oh, yeah. They got all the parts. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Nice House on the Lake from DC. A lot of people are talking about that book. I have, I don't, I haven't read the solicitation. I haven't looked at any anything about it. Yeah, and you know, Basilisk on my list too. So that's that looks very interesting. I'm sorry, you did say uh, Blackjack Demon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I did pick it up. It's on my pole. Interesting. Hmm. We finally get the actual first part. First, like, sorry. We now get the first, the number one of War of the Bounty Hunters after having, what, five preludes? I think all of my customer base was super confused because it was like, and my staff too, because I kept on not putting them into the pull boxes. Like last week's uh, Doc Afra and uh, Darth Vader. I had to be like, no, no, these go in pull boxes for Darth Vader and Doc Afra. They were like, oh, we thought it was just War of the Bounty Hunters. Like, no. Yeah, and, you know, that's a, this is something I wish publishers would understand. You know, it, it, it's tough sometimes mm-hmm. uh, to cross-pull titles, just, you know, just like the Bounty Hunter title, as you mentioned. Because we, we miss that, too. We, we miss pulling it for our um, uh, Darth Vader and Dr. Afra fans. So it, it's... <laughs> It's hard to relate that to publishers, like just small things that could make our lives so much easier. It's just, you know, add the same series number or something like that. Oh, yeah. And then I'm super excited. We finally get to get to the conclusion of Tyler Boss's Dead Dog's Bite. Number four ends the series. Uh, there's a trade paperback. There's, well, there's a couple of trade paperbacks out there worth looking at. Um, one, uh, is a little bit of inside baseball, uh, is Crypto the Superdog, um, by Jesse McCann. Uh, if you recognize that name, it's because you often see him in the comments on, uh, well, doesn't matter for necessarily for, you know, Woodlands Online or Nerd News Now watchers, but, uh, Jesse McCann is married to Nancy McCann, who has a show on The Experience, uh, Friday Night Live. He is often in the comments. I even had to put him in. I even had to put him in timeout once. It's funny. <laughs> was he harassing? Um, his... He was. <laughs> he was harassing his niece. Uh, I'm like, I'm gonna put him in timeout just as a joke. And then he was like, Why couldn't I comment? 
but also uh, Boom Studios and Unkindness of Ravens trade paperback. Uh-huh. Um, did you guys mention Mott's number one from um, AWA? Not yet. I've got it on my list, though. Uh, see, it's not on my list, which is interesting. It's uh, J. Michael Straczynski. Yeah, he hasn't written in quite some time, so you know, I'm looking forward to this. I was a huge fan of his when he did Amazing Spider-Man. I was like, oh my god, he did an amazing job. Um, I was sad to see him go from that title. And then he did um, Rising Stars as well, which got short, cut short. Just sad. But anyway. Yeah, this is, so for me, on my personal pull list, this is the week where my budget, like, gets to recover. Because I've only got, like, 13 books on my pull list, and the last two weeks has been, like, 25 or 26. Um, and then next week it goes back through the roof. Oh, man. Next week I've got, like, I want to say 27 or 28 books on my pull list next week. Tankers number two comes out. Yes, it does. Nice. I've actually said uh, quite a few customers ask me recently because they feel like they know what's coming out through, you know, a lot and uh, uh, sleigh bells. But there haven't been any other titles announced past that, so they're getting antsy. Well, that's actually true. You're right. I, they have not, but you know that. You know, bad idea, guys. They'll, they'll. Well, there's a thing that's got a. I have to make. I haven't heard back from them since I sent this to them. But there's a Miss Jen is probably going to appear in an ad for one of the forthcoming books from Bad Idea. Nice. Yeah, I got to send him that footage. Speaking of bad idea, um, you know, when they for when ENIAC first came out, I was talking to Adam and yeah, you know, I, I told him we only had like two subscribers. And I was just looking at my top 50 subscription list. ENIAC is number 2, only being beaten by Hank Howard on our top 50 oh, wow. subscribers list. Yeah, any Mirroring most everything at our store. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I see where's Tanker at, and then we have Venom after. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I take that back. Iniac is number two. Tankers is number three. Venom is number four. Strange Academy is number five. Wow, I, you know, bad idea needs to be very proud. They've taken the top three spots for them. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I've been very happy with the way it's worked out for me. But, of course, I'm a little bit crazy, so I like the chaos of it. It's not boring. Correct. I, I agree with you. Um, you know, the Hank Howard could have been handled slightly a little bit different, but I think it was a great idea. Um, yeah, I think it played well as well. So, I, you know, I can't – all right – and these guys are these guys are they know how to work the market. Yes, absolutely they do. I think the only thing I haven't figured out how to do yet, and I need to start doing this. I need to start adding them to Shopify with a limit of one. And yeah, I, the, 
sorry, the big gripe I do have is um, because they don't do previews through previews and everything like that, uh, it is sometimes hard to get their items into our subscription program and getting them, you know, properly matched when the invoice comes in. Yeah, but yeah, it's a minor thing we've got to fix. I think it's funny. I think for the first time ever in the history of comic book, like, uh, POS systems, I think my derpy version that we've had in beta forever is probably the, the best option for people right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't have a lot of func extra functionality. It's not fancy, in it, but it totally keeps track of all the polls that you have. <laughs> yep, I, you know, I don't disagree. Uh, we've we've actually fallen behind on updating ours, so I got to I got to work on that as well. Yeah, I think Brandy, do you know anyone? I know that you and I both have our own home in-house written list system. Do you know anyone else that's doing their own? Um, I know Collectors Paradise Ed uh, Greenberg. I know they they've got a custom one as well. Uh, there's a they, both he and I started off with the same one. We basically took that and grew it into. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the hijinks comics. Uh, that was Dan. Um, oh my god, I'm forgetting his last name. Oh, crap. Okay, I'll come to me. But anyway, um, you know he had developed it, so we took the base route from his and then you know designed ours around it. Um, so I know Ed's got his own. A lot of people are using Comic Hub now because it makes it easy for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we've debated going to Comic Hub as well, but there, it's still not where our our point of sales customer currently is for our needs. So you know, we, we're just waiting until they're still working on theirs until they get until it catches up. We you know, we're going to continue using ours. The plus we have with ours is we mod we're we're programmers, so we modify our own. Right. My uh, my pull list system was completely custom. Uh, it was a Mead five star notebook, uh, and I got to pick which color I wrote it in. And you know, you're not the only one. And I, it still amazes me. One, these you know, there are enough retailers out there that are still using that system. And two, it is working for them. They've yep. got it down so well that is working for them. So you know, kudos to them. It still <laughs> makes me wonder why they're still doing it, but I mean, we switched to a Google Doc towards the end, but like for the longest time, it was a like it was. I had that notebook, but that all, notebook also had everybody's phone number, everybody's email, everybody's credit card, you know, all that kind of stuff. It lived in my safe, like. Yeah, we. we I mean, we 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 actually stopped carrying uh, credit card information from people because of uh, security reasons. We didn't want it to be, you know, if, if our site ever got hacked. We don't want to sure. be responsible for the credit cards and stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, for the safety reason, we just stopped doing credit cards. And we, we looked at it from this perspective. If a customer really wants the items and they've got the money for it, they will come and pick up their books. Um, if they're not picking up their books, that means they're fi in financial issues. I don't want to burden their uh, financial issues with adding on our bill onto their credit cards. Because all that's going to do is put them deeper into debt and it's going to you know, they're going to be paying 30% interest to a bank that they don't need to. We will more than likely be able to sell their comic books anyway to other fans. Why ruin their lives if we can avoid doing it? So, yeah, that was another reason for not keeping credit cards on file anymore. Not saying it doesn't upset us when somebody doesn't pick up their books, you know, but... 
Well, and by the time I bought the store, most of those credit card numbers that were in that notebook were for expired credit cards. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was really funny. is because we used to collect them. The reason we collect them is we used to rent anime. Um, and we were actually, to do that, we were using a terminal from a now defunct video rental chain that my former business partner's dad had owned. Okay. So we still had a DOS computer and we were renting anime out to people. It was hysterical. Oh my God. I forgot what chain. I I just went to, I, I was at a, oh my God, what, rest, what store was this? Uh, but, you know, I saw their screen and it was the old classic green DOS screen. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are still using this. And I, it's just amazing. Was it Hobby Lobby? Because Hobby Lobby's. No, it wasn't a hobby store. It was um, man, I can't remember what it was. I think it was Guitar Center. Yeah, there's yeah, still think, yep antiquated as hell. Center. Yeah, I went to I went to go pick up my equipment. Yes, it was Guitar Center, and I was shocked. I'm like, wow. Uh, but anyway, yeah, hey, if it works, you know the old thing. If it's not broke, why fix it, right? Um. At some point, you need to fix it. Yes, I do agree. Um, there's a difference between fixing it and progressing. You, know, you don't have to fix that, something that's not broken, but you could still advance. You can still progress. You can still change. Um, but anyway, we're going off topic from comic books, right? Yeah. So, so what else uh, are we looking forward to? Let's see what else is on my list. Well, um, Mayim Bialik started her run as guest host of Jeopardy this week or tonight. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Look, what? that? Um, I used to be a huge fan of Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. It, it was like a religious thing to sit down and watch. And I broke away from that habit a few, few years ago. And I'm afraid to get back into it. I, I used to love watching game show. In fact... Uh, I kept my cable service going longer than I should have just because they had the game network. Yeah. And I would sit there and watch the game network. <laughs> um, and I, I, you know, I broke that habit and I don't want to go back into the habit of watching game shows again. And, you know, I, I'm going to have the pleasure of watching two game shows on the experience anyway. So, uh, yeah, yeah. When and if we get that. around to making them. <laughs> right. We were waiting for Brainy to get done with school. Oh, that's true. So, okay, we'll wrap up on this because we've been in an hour and five minutes. Um, if you could go on one game show, still on the air or canceled, what would it be? I don't. I don't know that I'd be any good at it, but I like the press your luck one. I, I, I was going to say the same before. thing. Press your luck. <laughs> No, I mean, and I know that they, they did bring it back. I've seen it playing, they so they've mm -hmm. got it. Uh, of course, I want it before they change the formula. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about there you, Kyle? Uh, for me, it's got to be a trivia game, so it's either Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Mm -hmm. Or there's a show that was on for a while, and they got canceled, and now it's back called The Chase, yep. which I actually sent an audition tape in for. Um, I've auditioned to be on Jeopardy twice. Um, I've taken the Jeopardy test five times. 
But there's a show on Game Show Network called Mastermind. Oh. That I think is built for my strengths. Um, so you win a whole bunch of money on that show. So that'd probably be what I would do. Um, if I don't wind up actually on Jeopardy or one of the other shows. Um, Miss Jen, I think you and Mike should go on the newlywed game. Uh, we're, old, <laughs> we're oldlyweds. We're not even fair. We like Yeah, but it'd be super funny. You know what's interesting is I would actually like to see a version of newlywed games where they bring in um, couples that have been married for 10, 15 years and see how compatible they still are. Or, if, you know, it'd be interesting to do that. Yeah, Mike and I yes. way too well. <laughs> or do you? No, we totally do. <laughs> so we're also all right. friends, so it makes it different, right? It's true. Um. All right. Well, we've been at this an hour and five minutes, and uh, none of us really watched any news or did any news this week. So right, I think we, we did all right. We did great. Um, anybody have anything they want to plug? Uh, this is not yeah. only a segment, but we we should do we should plug uh, two games coming up in uh, the experience. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rainy, I'll be on your show if you'll be on mine. Uh, I've already been on your show once, but I, I would gladly do your show again. But it, oh, so every single time you play my game is completely different. So. I've got a whole new scenario set up that you're probably you're probably smart enough to be able to handle. Uh, I'm not that smart. You know, I've got an IQ of 63. Well, I'm going to send this this round specifically because it is a little more difficult. I'm going to so this one's going to be uh, sidekicks and um, super like suits. So the premise is that the main heroes. All the main heroes in the world have disappeared, but they did leave their superpowered suits around. So sidekicks have to pick them up and wear them, and that's who's going to be in the battle. So, so uh, and of course, none of them match each other in any way. But there's some cool super suits. There's a comic book like that as well. Um, oh my god, I forgot what it was called. It was um, it was an image book. It was just as bloody as Invincibles. Anyway, I'll remember it. About which one it is? <clears throat> I'll message you when I remember it. Yeah, always, always when we're trying to think of something, right? Exactly. Yeah, I blinked on Sam Rockwell earlier after Jen said Sam twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've got music theory on my mind right now. Seriously, and I'm 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 procrastinating going back to studying so i miss being able to take music theory classes i enjoyed them um i did until it started to stress me out you know i had you a started to realize there was a test at the end no i mean i i i don't mind that it was i think it's because i fell behind so much that it started stressing me out and i just started getting to the point where like oh my god and uh, until this weekend, I'm just like, and I, I'm pretty sure a few of those assignments I, I just rushed over and I'm probably going to get them wrong. But, you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's music theory. That's that's something you really got to pay attention to detail. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right, Kyle? Yep. 
It's 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 why not everybody can be Billy Eyelash, right? You know, I'm and 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 I say that as a joke, but also as the truth. The music, the theory behind Billy Eilish's music, is so perfect, and is so strong that it's why it's not replicable. Same with somebody like Post Malone. I don't, I can't stand Post Malone, but the the theory is so tight. Right. That is why nobody else can do it. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, what's interesting is uh, sometimes people don't realize that a sound that could be very simple to our ears is very complex when it comes down to the theory of it. And, and you know, it, it's... <laughs> so, on TikTok, Charlie Puth, I don't know if you know who Charlie Puth is. He had a hit, but he's he's the guy from the $5 footlong commercials where he's playing the keyboard. Okay. Uh, he is a musical genius, but he has taken to people will tag him in videos where he breaks down the song and why it gets stuck in your head. Like from a music theory standpoint, he does it in a minute. And so there's one and the song has been stuck in my head for two days. Um, and he, he goes, the reason it's stuck in your head is because everybody's singing in B except for one guy who's singing in E. And when you put those together, it's dissonant in your head, but it sounds right to your ear. So it gets stuck in your head while your head tries to figure it out. Interesting. And that, you know, now that I know a little bit about music theory, that actually makes sense. (laughs) Right. Especially if you have a music theory background is your brain's going, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. And you're just like, this is catchy as hell. Your brain's going, I'm on fire. Stop and, it. And that is a formula for pop music as well. You know, that's what that's what they do in pop music is um, um, they'll four mess up at least enough. What's that? Four chord songs and then uh, uh, harmonic dissonance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Brainy and I could really nerd out for another hour wow. probably on this topic. I'm not as uh, well versed in music theory as you are, but you know, uh, yes, he's right. <laughs> hey, I made I made a career on harmonic dissonance, man. That was my oh, thing. Man. Well, oh, when you God. play harmonica, that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually scared to go into harmony, music harmony. I'm just like, because uh, you know, it, it gets more complex. From music theory is very simple at the beginning, very simple. And once you get into harmony, it's like, oh, my God, this is like learning like 10 different languages at the same time. Sorry, Miss Jim. I, I, my apologies. I, you know. <laughs> well, then wait till you get in. Wait till you get into, uh, uh, you know, like the cycle, the psychology of music theory. And you start spending time trying to think about how can I mess with people's equilibrium and make them feel dizzy while listening to music? And, you know, um, and I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but music, electronic music nowadays has gotten to the point where you can make music without having an ounce of music theory. And it's just, uh, it's somewhat sad, but it is, uh, it, it's... You know, as much as people of my background at the time hated Owl City... Owl City had more music theory than a lot of the stuff that's come, like, had more 
solid musical background than a lot of the stuff that's that you're hearing now, especially in house and trance music. Yep. Because it's all just a program series of numbers. Exactly. And it my my cousin's a gifted pianist and I can play. He can play. But to him it's just numbers. And you know, to me it's feeling. It's like I go so I, I show him like Tipitina, the Professor Longhair tune, and it's you can't play it based on the numbers. It doesn't work. You got to play it based on the groove and the feel. And he could never do it, and I could sit down and do it. And it's one of those is you don't understand the difference until you think about the way people think about music. You know, if you think about music as it's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and then assigning a value to each of those counts. You can play great music. Yes. But you never feel it. And feel is so important. Yeah, out of curiosity, are we still recording or are we just having a conversation here? Uh, we're still recording. I don't think we're live anymore because we lost Justin earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought we were just having a conversation here. <laughs> well, if we're going to stop, I've got to read the thing. Read the thing! Read the thing. We'll talk music. <clears throat> Because <laughs> I gotta go eat food. Thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom and Woodlands Online, sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out other shows on Woodlands Online, like Music Cafe, The Adventure Begins Show, The Best You, Between the Trees, Business Talk, Music Cafe, Taste Buds, and much more. You know, Music Cafe is in there twice. Is it on twice? Maybe you should find out. Bye. You can watch any of these shows by watching these shows on Woodlands Online or on KVQT HD 21 over the air if you're in the right area. All of these shows are available and more on Roku right now. Just search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup. Now you can listen to our podcast show on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and Pandora. For Brainy and Jen, I have been the disembodied voice of Kyle. And this has been Nerd News Now. Peace. See you, everybody. Peace, guys.